after this formal process. <laughs> um, let me welcome everybody to this uh, seminar. I think it's the second seminar of a series uh, uh, this term. And it's a great pleasure to introduce to you uh, Dr. Panos Hedzbokopiu. Uh, Panos is an assistant professor at the Aristotle University in uh, Thessaloniki at the Department of Spatial Planning and Development. Uh, he's been there for uh, a few years now, and before that he was uh, uh, at uh, Middlesex uh, University and then at the University of uh, Sari. He did his uh, first degree at uh, the University of Macedonia in Thessaloniki, uh, and then he came over to, to Britain uh, for his uh, Master and PhD at the University uh, of Sussex. Uh, he's also affiliated to Eliamep in Athens, uh, and he uh, has uh, worked in uh, in the UK, as I mentioned earlier, uh, before moving on, uh, moving to, back to Greece. Um, it is also a pleasure to have Panos here because he, the paper he is uh, is based on a project uh, that was funded by the Hellenic Observatory, uh, uh, I think, with the support of the National Bank of Greece. Yes. Uh, and it is one of these uh, uh, initiatives that we've taken in the Hellenic Observatory try, trying to, to fund research with small grants, uh, research in Greece or on Greece, uh, especially of promising young researchers uh, 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 like Panos. Uh, and uh, the, the topic of the call was very much related uh, quite early on uh, at the time of the crisis on some aspects of uh, uh, the social and economic aspects uh, uh, or consequences of, of the crisis. The project was looking, as also the paper, on the socio-economic and spatial dimensions of migrant entrepreneurship uh, in Athens, and the crisis came as a, uh, I think, and Panos will tell us more, as a, an extra dimension, but very important dimension uh, uh, to this. Before I pass the floor to, uh, to Panos, I have to make two uh, announcements. Uh, one uh, is about a conference on Famagusta uh, on the 21st of February, Friday. Uh, it's a half-day conference, I think it starts at 2 o'clock. Yes. Um, to register, you have to use the LSE eShop uh, by Monday, 17th of February. Uh, registration is open. Uh, if you don't know what it is, Google it or ask Polly uh, here. The other announcement before I forget is that in two weeks' time we have another seminar in the series by me, so you're all welcome. It is going to be about the Greek labor market, uh, crisis and adjustment across the, across the Greek regions. Um, with these announcements and these notes, uh, I welcome Panos, uh, who's going to talk on the presentation. Thank you, Vasily. Thank you for being here. I'd like to thank in, in person this time, because I've done it over email, the Hellenic Observatory for making possible the research on which this uh, seminar, this paper is based, making use of that uh, grant by the National Bank of Greece, and to thank the scientific committee for their support since the beginning, constructive comments, uh, for being supportive and patient uh, uh, to our sometimes loose approach with deadlines. Uh, and also many thanks uh, personally to, to the administrat uh, administration people who also assisted in my respect. This is Dimaris and Polly Luta. Uh, and for giving us finally the chance, for giving me the chance to, to, to be here today and to present and discuss with you uh, some of the major findings, what I consider to be the major findings of this uh, small study. 
which is mostly what I'm going to do in the next 40 minutes or so, uh, I would suggest uh, please reserve your uh, wider questions perhaps for the discussion that will follow. I'll try to limit this in more or less three quarters as, uh, um, as uh, um, discuss it. Uh, exactly, and uh, but if there is any any point that's not clear or some specific information that uh, you want to ask more in the course of the presentation, please uh, do so. Um, I have to say beforehand that um, I, I'm a bit uh, I'm not that good with managing time, so I rely on the chair in that uh, respect. Uh, but I think that uh, we have uh, plenty of time. Uh, also the uh, points or the issues that will need to be rushed to, to revisit them perhaps uh, during the discussion that, uh, that uh, will follow. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm not, I was thinking of how to organize this and, and I concluded that uh, it doesn't make much sense just to, to follow the, the standard structure so to speak and spend most of the time giving you findings. Rather, I, I will do so, but rather I will try to build a narrative in which the results of the study uh, are to be interpreted and within which uh, we uh, are under, uh, came to understand what's going on in terms of migrant entrepreneurship uh, um, in Athens. Uh, before doing so, however, and as part of it, I will try to explain the original rationale of, uh, of the study. Uh, which I will situate in the literature on ethnic entrepreneurship, ethnic or migrant entrepreneurship, and draw some key features which mark the specificities of uh, the Greek case in particular, so as to be able to see the Greek case as not an exceptional one, but from uh, a comparative uh, sort of angle. These are some of the details of the project. The title of the project bears the very same title of uh, today's presentation. Uh, it lasted from uh, March 2012 with a small extension up onwards on to eight, uh, the beginnings of April 2013 uh, in terms of the actual research at least and it was done together with a colleague from, of mine, uh, Dr. Yanis Vangopoulos. The original aims uh, were twofold. Uh, on the one hand, um, we wanted to explore trends, dimensions, types of migrant entrepreneurship in Athens but uh, placed specifically to uh, look at this in the context of the crisis. And the second was to, to, to look at space and place, which is another important dimension, or, uh, which I'm going to downplay a bit uh, today, uh, to investigate the emergence of ethnic economies, building on one of the concepts in the literature, on the urban space and the ways these are inscribed in the everyday landscapes of specific neighborhoods. The study focused uh, field work was, took place in three specific neighborhoods of the city and the, uh, the neighborhood space played a role in the analysis. It was not just a methodological choice. Um, now, if you let me explain a, a bit the, the main research questions uh, following the, the four one um, at the end of this uh, slide, uh, which basically underlie our original conception of the study and give you some hints of how some of uh, the turn some of these questions took in the course of, the, of uh, especially while trying to interpret uh, our, uh, and analyze our material. We began with a concern uh, regarding the determinants of migrant entrepreneurship in Greece, particularly in Athens, and 
uh, there is a personal touch in it uh, somehow because uh, it was only recently I had gone back and uh, settled, moved to Athens myself, not being an Athenian. So um, there was a personal curiosity rising to, to explore this dimension of migrants' uh, lives, uh, but rising also because I was involved in the past, in 2007, in a, in a study looking at migrant entrepreneurship in Thessaloniki. Uh, so there was this, this, uh, this past. Uh, so to speak. Um, when, uh, w what we had come up in that uh, older study, uh, together with uh, uh, Professor Lois Labrianitz at the University of Macedonia, was that uh, confirmed also by uh, the results of some other research done on the topic in Greece, was that uh, the development of entrepreneurial activity from the part of migrants uh, seemed to us that it's going hand in hand, it's been going hand in hand with the dynamics of what we may call generally migrant incorporation, settlement and incorporation, or integration uh, as more often um, encounter in, in uh, um, academic and political discourses. And it was uh, so in at least two respects. On the one hand, immigrant settlement generates uh, in itself uh, a demand for specific project products and services. Uh, just two obvious examples, special food coming from the countries of origins, or the need to communicate with family left behind. Uh, these sort of things, but many others as well. On the other, migrant entrepreneurship uh, might be seen as an indicator of social mobility of individual uh, migrants who, uh, in the course of time, and as they become more settled, shift from paid employment to self-employment. Of course, this is a schema. Not all forms of entrepreneurship uh, in Greece or elsewhere uh, at the time of that study or now would fit in this explanation. And referring once again to the Greek study, the most obvious example exception uh, out of this is uh, that of uh, Chinese uh, businessmen, mostly uh, clothing wholesalers, uh, whose migration and whose ventures seem to be to reflect the China's rise in the global economy and the uh, and, and are connected to the, specifically to Chinese manufacturing exports. Uh, still, however, it's uh, this link between migrant entrepreneurship and migrant settlement and integration uh, provides an, an interesting schema, which useful one, to, and interesting to explore. Um, what comes next, as part of these processes of incorporation, perhaps, uh, um, there is also the dimension of, uh, of uh, space in place, uh, from housing to local economies, and from uh, difference inscribed in, in, uh, in the urban landscape to our changing perceptions of, of place because of those uh, demographic and otherwise changes. Uh, in certain parts of Athens, particularly, especially in its downtown commercial uh, core, Omonia Square, and its surroundings, some forms of migrants entrepreneurial activity, mostly uh, street-level shops and businesses, offer perhaps the most visible uh, testimony, not simply of the presence of migrants, but also of some sort of organic engagement <coughs> with the host uh, society, which indeed inscribes some sort of difference in the space of the city, on the space of the city. Uh, lastly, another aspect uh, of migrants' incorporation relates to the institutional framework and the and governmental policies, uh, not just the most obvious ones, such as migration policies, the ones most directly as migrants in the country, 
but also policies that have to do with small businesses, such as procedures for startups, licensing, taxation, um, social security issues, and so on. Obviously, this would include austerity measures in the last uh, three or four years or so. Uh, so, placing uh, our account within the context of the crisis, and that came to form a cross-cutting theme, an essential, an essential uh, aspect of the study. Uh, it's not just put there in the title, it's not just done juncture of the crisis. Uh, it's, it's an analytical tool as well. Uh, the crisis was on originally concept, conceived, I mean, by uh, uh, embarking on this project as timing, the conjuncture, the study takes place at this very moment, uh, but also uh, as a, a context within which the phenomena we look at take shape and unfold. Um, of interest are also what may be called the side effects of uh, crisis, mostly uh, regarding its implications in terms of policies and politics. Immigration policy, which is toughening, worsening of uh, the bureaucracy of the Greek administration, uh, harshening public discourse, uh, anti-immigrant stances uh, that become mainstream uh, in society at large, or at least in uh, uh, come to the mainstream of public discourses. Uh, by engaging, though, more and more with the fieldwork, and later by trying to make sense of the material we collected, uh, and going back to the literature and attempting to, to shed light to what we've encountered on the field, um, we also came to understand the crisis as process, not that is the, the specific timing of this particular crisis, the debt crisis, and all what is being. Um, written and talked about, uh, about it uh, in the last years or so, but to see what, what might have been the factors in relation to what we were interested in uh, that predate the, the crisis. That is, uh, we uh, came to understand uh, uh, this, in, we, we tried to, to um, explore elements of continu continuity and change. Uh, not just see the, the state of exception that uh, the crisis is often currently thought uh, uh, to be. I'm not going to give you the, all the details about the literature on migrant entrepreneurship. Uh, just to say that one way of organizing the really vast uh, empirical mostly um, <coughs> studies on, uh, on the topic uh, are generally <coughs> divided that's one take. Um, some, some scholars have proposed different ways to categorize the, the different groups of approaches. But generally, uh, we found more convincing this one, which divides the, the perspectives looking on the supply side, or uh, don't take the titles literally, or the, those that uh, seek for cultural explanations and look at the characteristics of the entrepreneurs, the migrant entrepreneurs or the ethnic entrepreneurs, or the, the groups uh, where they belong on the one hand, and those looking on the demand side or offer more structure and explanations and look at the context on the other hand. Again, these are generic terms and there, there might be cross-cutting themes. Uh, I'll spend some time uh, saying a few things about uh, the four approaches we identified to our take a more integrated, so, so to speak, uh, uh, perspective, combining elements of both uh, what was mentioned before. Uh, so, ethnic enclaves or ethnic economic enclaves as uh, developed mostly by people like Portis in, uh, in the United States uh, is one. 
which derives from, from uh, dual labor market theory, but also builds on the role of social networks and has a special um, angle. Uh, Chinatown is an archetype of an ethnic enclave, for example, although Porter's original studies on, on Cubanism in Miami. Uh, then Waldinger uh, and colleagues developed the so-called interactive model, interactive model, which uh, more or less combines the two dimensions. They spoke of uh, group characteristics on the one hand and opportunity structures on the other. Uh, then uh, mostly based on the world uh, of uh, even light and building on middleman minorities, but also combining um, elements of, of both sides, both angles, let's say is that uh, ethnic economies, which uh, more or less looks or defines ethnic economies as all the economic activities, self-employed, the employers and the employees within a particular migrant group. Um, and the only, so far, European contribution, which is the mixed embeddedness mod model developed by people like Jan Rath and Klusterman in uh, Amsterdam, uh, who, um, who basically more or less said that uh, migrant entrepreneurs are embedded in the social networks, but also in the wider economic, social and institutional context uh, of the, where they're found, in different scales, local, urban, regional, uh, national, and so on. Uh, I mostly want to um, uh, spend some time in this uh, quite long introduction, which I think is, is uh, necessary, because gradually um, the studies will start to fit in. Uh, not just in the typologies mentioned in the first major bullet point, but uh, in the second uh, two. That is, the, um, some critical notes with respect to, to the theory of migrant entrepreneurship, which we came to develop not, not by our original reading of the literature, but mostly by rereading it and expanding our scope and readings in the course of the fieldwork and afterwards, while analyzing the material and trying to write up. Uh, conventional wisdom may assume that undertaking of an entrepreneurial activity by migrants does not strictly fit mainstream uh, definitions of entrepreneurship, at least, for example, in the Schumpeterian tradition, those of innovation and risk. Um, yet our fieldwork and a review of the literature uncovered elements of both, although in peculiar ways. So the dimension of risk might be obvious uh, in respect to entrepreneurship as a proactive stra strategy of migrants in response to their difficult circumstances in the labor market, for instance, but also in the likelihood to engage in informal activities. Whilst innovation might not be that evident, but uh, could be traced in the ability of migrant entrepreneurs to effectively mobilize uh, individual or most importantly, most frequently perhaps, collective resources on the basis of ethnic and family ties and to size opportunities uh, within or outside their, uh, that come up within or outside their ethnic communities. Now the second, uh, so this is about questioning the entrepreneurship side of ethnic entrepreneurship. Now the second uh, critical note has to do with uh, the ethnic side of ethnic entrepreneurship and that will bring us closer to uh, to the Greek case and, and, the, and, the, and our study. Um, of course, that relates to a general discussion about um, uh, the concept of ethnicity, but in what concerns ethnic entrepreneurship, in common sense terms, uh, we hardly tend to consider ethnic 
for instance, in the Greek context, the French delicatessen in one of the Athens Porsche northern suburbs, whilst we would consider ethnic and Asian food store in one of the areas of central Athens where we've done the fieldwork. Replacing perhaps uh, this idea in the London uh, context, uh, a laundry run by a person of uh, Indian origin might be considered an ethnic business, whilst not perhaps a graphic design business run by Australian, so to speak. So, of course, the literature should propose a rather more refined definition of entrepreneurship, uh, building on um, of ethnic entrepreneurship. That is, uh, building, uh, emphasizing what type of companies, what type of strategies uh, are more common among migrant or uh, ethnic minority entrepreneurs. Um, <clears throat> So, for instance, in most Western European countries, including the UK, the traditional immigration hosts, that is, the rates of self-employment and small business ownership um, are higher among migrants and ethnic minorities. Uh, the businesses owned by migrants, owned by migrants and ethnic minorities, tend to be small in size, rely heavily on informal, informal uh, sorry, on, an, on unpaid family work, are often um, just marginally surviving and uh, sometimes engaged in informal economic activities in ways that is that radically differ from what is considered to be the mainstream of an entrepreneurial um, um, or independent economic activity. Now, this becomes a bit peculiar when we look at uh, the Greek uh, context, particularly because self perhaps other Southern European countries as well, where self-employment among the native population is widespread, uh, as well as informal economic arrangements, and where the small family business is, is again an archetype, a quasi dominant uh, company type, at least in terms of, uh, uh, of uh, volume, uh, in terms of numbers. A final point will also relate to, uh, to the Greek case, but start beginning with the literature, is uh, and crucial to our study in respect to how the crisis fits in. Um, relates to what I earlier mentioned of our understanding of uh, the crisis and or societal phenomena in which ethnic entrepreneurship um, is, uh, is to be understood as, as macro-historical processes uh, where context is, uh, is uh, important. So consider that most of the theories uh, uh, developed, derived through, uh, from the U.S. context, particularly the United States context, a context that is generally conducive to entrepreneurship, where immigrants' involvement in self-employment and business activity could be seen as steps of successive generation towards up, upward social, uh, socioeconomic mobility, uh, economic assimilation, and fulfillment of the American dream. In Euro European research has developed since the 80s, has mushroomed at least uh, since uh, the 80s, following a substantial growth numerical, uh, that is, uh, growth of uh, independent economic activity among immigrants. This came as migratory processes matured, uh, with settlement, uh, family unification, and so on, uh, but it also came in the aftermath of uh, the 70s, um, um, the old shocks in the 70s, with the deindustrialization, the, the rise of unemployment among migrants in particular, um, in particular, since the industrial or infrastructure jobs they used to do in post-war decades uh, um, declined. So that's more or less the, the era when we have a mass shift, uh, so to speak. Uh, so a question that uh, uh, kind of naturally arises is whether we might see this 
repeating uh, somehow, uh, history repeating itself in, in, a, in a very different crisis uh, and very different labor market uh, structures in the current uh, uh, Greek context, to which uh, this project offered only a partial uh, response, I have to say. I'm not going into the details uh, of um, how space uh, fits in, uh, in terms of uh, theory. If any of you uh, may be interested, we may revisit this uh, towards the end. But just to give you, to, to come to the specificities of the study. Um, so what we basically done uh, is, okay, literature review, we reviewed, we tried to review different sources of uh, official uh, data. Unfortunately, back then and still up to now, we don't have the latest census, uh, at least as broke down in terms of uh, employment. Uh, as far as migrants is concerned, uh, but uh, the main uh, the main uh, part of the study was fieldwork, which uh, followed two stages. Uh, the main tools being uh, what you see there as the extensive phase, uh, a street level door to door survey, whereby we uh, done to administer to both migrant and native uh, owned uh, shops and businesses in uh, three selected, three selected uh, neighborhoods. Um, the table presents the results uh, by neighborhood and uh, the number. So it was a small uh, study, as you can see, uh, but with a sample uh, quite significant to be able to draw some general patterns, perhaps. Uh, and uh, uh, 15 of those, uh, of, the, of the migrant um, responders were in-depth interviewed. Uh, and we did some additional interviews with what we might call uh, informants. Um, the two methodological innovations, I will call them, although, uh, anyway, uh, what, what we thought is important in terms of uh, our starting points is, uh, one, what said there, we, we deriving from the, uh, the, the approach to what is ethnic, that critical known or what is ethnic in ethnic entrepreneurship, is that we decided to look at neighborhoods and not at groups. Uh, I'm skipping the information about the neighborhoods because I'm going to show you them on a map uh, in, uh, shortly. But the last bullet point is that we had the chance to compare uh, similar kinds of shops and businesses owned by migrants and, but to those owned by natives. And that, uh, again, relates to that criticism earlier mentioned about um, you know, how, what is mainstream uh, small business, a mainstream small business in the, uh, in the Greek context. What does it mean when it says uh, beyond paradigmatic cases? I'll come to that uh, shortly because, uh, I mean, the, the text is there, but I'll uh, kind of uh, repeat this when, when uh, I'll show you this on a map. I'll show you the networks on a map. Um, Okay, uh, the key features of uh, uh, migrant um, uh, self-employment in Greece uh, have already been mentioned. I'm not going into the details. Just this is just to show you the different themes covered by uh, liter by uh, the literature on uh, the topic, on aspects of the topic uh, done in uh, in Greece, which seem to be quite attracted quite limited attention considering that there's been a mushrooming of studies on migration and migrants uh, at least since the 2000s. Uh, but you have more and more of them in the second half of the, of the 2000s. And that's where our study, uh, I 
would say comes in, uh, considering that it took place in the very latest uh, uh, years, at least at more or less the beginning of uh, of uh, the crisis. Uh, before getting to to the slide, will respond to your question. Uh, just to show uh, a bit of the um, of the picture, to sketch a bit the uh, the picture coming uh, from uh, official statistics, uh, to give some empirical substance to what's been said so far, and some in empirical introduction to, to to the study itself, to the results of the study itself. This is from uh, um, the third the labor force survey of the third quarter of 2012. In the bottom uh, bar, in the two bottom bars, you can see just a blunt comparison of the different, I think it's employment status or position in employment, I'm not entirely sure of the term in English. Uh, you know, uh, the, the proportion of self-employed among uh, Greeks and the proportion of self-employed among foreign nationals. The other bars, look for instance the, the one on top, shows that there is a big difference between different uh, groups of foreign nationals because this is the, the major proxy, statistical proxy we have for, uh, for migrants in, in statistics. Uh, and uh, uh, this is debatable perhaps, but uh, I think it's indicative of uh, the limited shares of uh, the disproportional uh, rate of self-employment among Greeks and uh, as, as compared to migrants. I think this is people foreign-born rather than foreign nationals, isn't it? So it is this thing about so second-generation migrants being counted as non-foreign-born and you know, my kids counting us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there are some discussion on it. Most migration scholars, and that's coming not to self-employment or employment uh, as such, but to my, how do we study migration in the Greek context, have been looking at nationality statistics. That left out second generation, which is, uh, in, at least in big numbers, to start developing fairly recently, a bit 10 years perhaps now, uh, but also the ethnic Greek migrants who had access to citizenship and mass, because otherwise access to citizenship from uh, uh, most of the other migrants, so to speak, of non-ethnic Greek groups uh, have been, has been limited. Uh, but still, it would be distorted at least until uh, the, two, the early 2000s, because still you had that generation who would be, have born in the Ottoman Empire <laughs> or, in, um, uh, or uh, as migrants in, uh, in other uh, parts of Europe, in the United States, and so on. So I think that up to a certain point, or perhaps we are at, at that turning point where this start changes, the using nationality statistics would left outside ethnic Greek migrants, but definitely was quite safe to, uh, as compared to foreign board. Perhaps we are at the crucial point where we might need to abandon this, or at least to combine and to look both at foreign born and foreign nationals. Uh, but certainly it is, it is a point. Uh, again, the same, the same kind of uh, data from, uh, from uh, labor force service that just to build, uh, to give this, to describe the, the, the structural conditions for, for the shift I was mentioning earlier, rise of unemployment that is, that seems to be since 2009 for the first time steadily and growing, uh, increasingly um, the red line that is that of foreign nationals, mostly migrants, uh, exceeding that of, uh, of Greeks. That relates to the question whether this might, apart from other things like people returning to their home, uh, home countries or losing their status, apart from other implications, might have, might push some among uh, 
the migrant population to towards self-employment. That's still a question. Uh, considering this, these are data uh, uh, of the last uh, four years of people insured with uh, with a social uh, security fund for self-employed uh, in uh, in Greece, and you can see casually the. the uh, the decline in the last three years of the overall number with the red, uh, which is the, the proportion of migrants, is actually growing right in the years of the crisis. That's for across Greece. That table is a bit complicated, but it's basically uh, showing something similar within uh, Athens only, based on data from the Athens Chamber of Commerce, uh, just to show that there we didn't have a decline just a decline in the growth rate of you know, how many new businesses are registered with the chamber every year. But, it, uh, but if you look at those growth rates for the entire population, foreign nationals perhaps are not that higher and then they are lower. But still, if you look at specific nationalities, such as this category, which includes mostly Bulgarians, uh, Poles, and uh, Romanians, considerably high, uh, this category is uh, Albanian nationals, again, or, uh, you know, Pakistani nationals perhaps as well, which is kind of indicative that this, uh, we're talking about uh, developments that are actually taking place. I mean, they have been in place for some time now, but they actually uh, ha have been quite intense uh, lately in the very same years uh, where of the downturn. Um, this will explain a little bit the neighborhoods. It will be an introduction to the neighborhoods. It's my, my last introductory slide, <laughs> albeit uh, empirical, uh, although I'm mixing information uh, that also derives from the study. Uh, uh, so one of the neighborhoods was Ambelokibits at the northeast uh, corner of Athens municipality, a, a hub to the northern suburbs. Uh, with mixed uses, uh, a mixed uh, social structure as far as we could, uh, I mean, demographics as far as we could see, and a rather moderate presence of migrants. The other neighborhood to the north is uh, that of uh, Kipseli, uh, north of the center, densely populated, uh, declining native population uh, in the past uh, few decades moving to the suburbs, mixed, extremely mixed uh, land uses, and high concentrations of migrants, perhaps the um, the, the most diverse uh, part of the city in terms of uh, its demographics. Uh, and the other area to the southwest uh, or west uh, part of the, of the center at Aksuryu, uh, traditionally working class uh, neighborhoods uh, with relatively high migrant presence, but also undergoing uh, trends of gentrification, uh, residential, but also in terms of nightlife and, so, and culture. Uh, and the clustering of specific activities. For instance, that's the main, uh, the hotspot where Chinese clothing wholesalers are clustered. One example is that. What it means the beyond paradigmatic cases? Paradigmatic in the, in the uh, Greek context, uh, I mean, in terms of public debates, discourses on migration, did not have very much uh, a spatial dimension. The spatial term, if we, are, if we can call it so, occurred around the 2008-9 uh, with respect to uh, signs of urban decay in the center of Athens and with respect to those areas of uh, the northwest of the center, uh, more or less. Uh, here it's became the epicenter of all what is bad about migration 
and uh, I'm talking about the area of Agustad Leimonas for those of you who might be familiar with uh, developments in Greece and the rise of the Golden Dawn, the Nazi party um, that's uh, uh, in Parliament in the time, which is more active there. So we wanted, I mean, Pomoni on the one hand is epitomizes the locus of migrant entrepreneurial ventures in Greece, perhaps for the whole country. That's the obvious example. Uh, alongside Chinese stores and uh, African street peddling, perhaps, but as far as location is concerned, that's the, 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 the most obvious example. Uh, uh, still, the area is unique in that um, because of its multiple centrality and uh, because it's not a residential one and because there is a heavy concentration of businesses, migrants and, or native alike, uh, it make, all this makes it make it an exceptional case, so uh, we didn't want to look at this. Okay. Uh, the, the other area was avoided uh, because uh, exactly of this, again, because it, it attracted media attention uh, in the last few years, uh, the presence of migrants was associated with degradation, devaluation, informality, criminality, the areas being described as ghetto, and the Golden Dawn was active. So, um, racist violence was uh, was um, on, uh, um, was an issue there. So again, we didn't want to. We, we mostly wanted to see areas that have some different in terms of their characteristics, but uh, uh, have some some um, degree of uh, normal everyday life. And also, which I'm not going to say anything about that, but also. The, the concept of everydayness and everyday life was, was formed an, a, a part of our um, uh, understand of our ways to interpret the, the material. I'm skipping all this other information about the neighborhoods, most more or less summarizing what is told, just to come to the uh, results of the study itself. I'm first uh, showing the uh, two tables showing the profile of the entrepreneurs, migrants and uh, natives alike, just to say that there were equal proportions of men and women, more men than women, more or less double the number of men than that of women. Uh, in terms of age, migrants were on average younger, reflecting um, to some extent the more established patterns of uh, Greek business owners, but also the, the, um, you know, the demographics of the migrant population at large. And um, also, the, the fact that we found uh, significant shares to be um, family people uh, reveals perhaps the family character of the businesses, both as a means to generate an income for the family, uh, but also as a collective venture involving the work of family members, often unpaid. Um, going to the second uh, table to the right, uh, immigrant entrepreneurs tend generally to be better educated than their neighboring great small business owners, but those they educate, uh, which uh, you know is probably a hint that uh, confirms the results of other studies that educated migrants or human capital plays a role. Educated migrants are more likely. Uh, to be involved in, uh, in independent economic activity, but also native Greeks tend to be involved in business activities. Those who are educated among them tend to be uh, involved in activities that uh, are related to, uh, to their education, which is not the case for migrant entrepreneurs. Uh, and th there is a discussion about the skilling and migration in terms of the labor market integration of migrants, which uh, has been proved in the Greek context in terms of their paid employment. Uh, which is confirmed uh, as far as uh, um, self-employment is concerned. Uh, the last bit of uh, uh, this um, um, 
we, we also found that though that uh, not just education but past experience often in the very same business uh, that they would run they used to work as uh, in the past as uh, paid employees so that's the second uh, part of the of the table um, this is just to show the variety of uh, countries, but we can look uh, at details if you are interested later on, because there were some specific concentration, local concentration, as far as some groups are concerned. Uh, the first figure there shows that compares uh, the, when the businesses uh, opened, started. For the first time, you can see clearly that for, uh, as far as my is concerned, really the boom is after 2000, including despite the, the drop in... Um, in the second half of the 2000s, including uh, at higher numbers than those uh, opened by Greeks, the, the, the early years of the crisis, so to speak. <coughs> this which is not vis uh, visible, I'm just going to summarize and give perhaps details later on if one of you uh, is curious or find it. Uh, interesting, just to say that it's commercial activities and service provision equally spread among uh, migrant-owned ventures. Uh, and mostly we're talking about small-scale or local retail. Uh, there are some bias on that, but uh, we can, we can uh, come back to this in the discussion. Uh, but mostly we're talking about include convenience stores, kiosks, cafes, restaurants, small restaurants, hairdressers and beauty services, especially as far as women are concerned, internet and call centers, these sort of things. Um, I'm getting now to uh, the, the kind of uh, three um, main areas uh, in which I will combine context and, uh, and the results of the study. Uh, this is mostly context and relates to um, in what I, I mentioned earlier about uh, the elements of continuity and change uh, that we were interested in and this association uh, between migrant entrepreneurship and the processes of migrant incorporation uh, that we wanted to explore further in the context of the crisis, uh, we came up in interpretative terms, uh, that is in the course of the study, uh, with these three layers or angles. The first relates to the migratory trends and the uh, ways the Greek uh, governments, uh, successive governments responded uh, and accommodated, tried to accommodate this. So from mass migration which became an issue in the early 90s with arrivals mostly from Albania and the Balkans or from people claiming ethnic Greek origin from, uh, from the Balkans but also from the former USSR. We moved towards a more diversified picture in the 2000s uh, involving people from Asian and African countries uh, often uh, seeking asylum but often seeing uh, Greece as a stepping stone heading towards elsewhere in Europe. The problem here has been with the shortcomings of migration policy, with a fragmented legal framework, bureaucratic procedures, delays, um, and overall limited access so far to long-term status uh, and citizenship. Um, uh, and so residence is still linked to paid employment. Again, these are issues to come back if one of you wants more details, uh, because I'm, I'm, I will show you aspects that came up in, uh, in the study. Uh, in respect to that, but just to relate to the, relate to the recent trends, that is a, an, an asylum system that, uh, that seemed to, was incapable to, to manage the, the flow, and uh, an overwhelming focus lately on border control at the expense of uh, integration uh, policies perhaps, 
This had all a spatial impact at the very center of Athens, where uh, many of the new cameras were, um, uh, had been uh, concentrated. And that feature in the study in many uh, respects. Uh, I will stay here only to the shortcomings of a reversed picture coming from the study uh, as far as the shortcomings of Greek immigration policy is concerned. The study revealed that long-term settlement and stable legal status uh, seem to be essential. Uh, and that was kind of, uh, I mean, we only had the picture that uh, those who tend to have a business uh, tend to have a more stable long-term legal status. Those who didn't might have the, the business uh, registered in the name of, uh, of a Greek uh, uh, partner, but uh, they uh, migrants where they want uh, run the business. Uh, uh, the, in trying to interpret this, we, we, we viewed migration policy, but also combined with other institutional barriers that might be uh, faced by um, native uh, entrepreneurs. So migrants have a kind of a dual burden in the sense that they face the, the actual burden everybody's facing in terms of, especially in the context of austerity and the market downturn, but, uh, more, but also they are facing uh, the um, shortcomings of immigration policy described there. They have problem of status. And there are some interesting examples to give from a specific uh, case, the stories of people that is from the fieldwork itself with complications with uh, um, what the law provides for self-employment. For instance, uh, we encounter people in legal disputes, uh, semi-legal that is, because they could not change activity. Uh, they started the business with a certain activity, they took their state permit attached to this kind of activity, and they were not able to change activity. And this is more or less what this scheme uh, with the boxes is trying to, to capture. The, the role of state in uh, people's, in, in the local entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs' lives, it has this contradictory uh, kind of presence. On the one hand, its presence is growing in the sense of bureaucracy, rigid procedures, taxation, social security, contributions, increased social security contributions, austerity policy, and so on, which seems to be uh, faced equally by migrants and natives. But then, on the one hand, bureaucracy and delays in respect to stay permit and uh, legal status uh, procedures, discrimination, uh, tightening of migration policies, uh, an emphasis on policing lately, and so on, targets exclusively migrants. On the other hand, uh, there seems to be a retreat of the state's regulatory role in the context of the crisis, at least as far as uh, you know, the, the way the, uh, our respondents uh, would uh, um, see it. Uh, because both Greeks and migrants would, on the one hand, emphasize the lack of, of market controls, of regulation, uh, of informal economic activity uh, next door, and so on. They were given examples. And on the one hand, the lack of measures promoting social integration, which uh, affects obviously particularly migrants. That's what's implied here by the dual burden. How much time do I have left? Five minutes. Five minutes. Okay, I'm trying to run quickly um, through basically not um, leaving the context behind. Uh, the, the other side, part of it is already uh, being done, has to do with uh, uh, the other, that is, um, layer. Uh, has to do with the process of migrant settlement and the shifting social uh, geographies in Athens. The bullet points provide context, but uh, to the extent this context has been 
reflecting in, in the study on, on migrant businesses is that, uh, for example, I'll, I'll give you a few examples and I'll try to, to generalize uh, after one. The, the table here shows two things. It shows that uh, there are higher proportions of migrant entrepreneurs who actually live in the very same area where they have their business. That's the, uh, the right side of it, sorry, the left side of it, and the right side, uh, actually, the very small numbers, of course, but higher, uh, fewer migrants want to leave the area and to migrate elsewhere. Uh, if you combine this to, to the graph below, showing that uh, to some extent migrant shops in those areas seem to replace previously abandoned or emptied um, venues, uh, one might um, come to the conclusion that at least part of the trend, as far as the space of the city is concerned, has to do with just like migrants filled the residential vacuum of Athenians moving to the suburb in terms of housing, there seems to be some sort of replacement, uh, some sort, to some extent, eh? I'm not speaking uh, that generally, uh, in terms of uh, the, their entrepreneurial venture, as far as uh, those local neighborhood stores are concerned, eh? because we're looking at very particular type of businesses. And we can give some context to that if one of you is interested later on. Uh, now again, these are examples from, uh, from narratives of people in, uh, explaining why they concentrated there. And there is a matrix uh, from, from the cell itself. What this means is basically to emphasize this local dimension, the local dimension of activities, which is quite important for both groups. Uh, the, that is the left side of the matrix. Uh, has to do with the local. The left bottom side of the matrix concentrating only migrants is also that showing that uh, the lo this local dimension in the case of migrants is often accompanied by an ethnic one, meaning addressing people of their own communities or migrant population in general, uh, locally based. The broader conclusions of uh, the points I want to make in that respect is that uh, in, in, in many respects, migrant owned businesses locally do not differ much from the native owned ones, uh, and in, to the extent they ca both cater mostly for local demand uh, and, in the migrant case, for settled uh, local communities, and that they are embedded in multiple ways in the neighborhood space without, of course, implying that this space is bounded territorially, uh, and so on. And coming to the last layer, uh, is this, uh, is this history of uh, um, small, you know, the, the structural uh, place uh, where, uh, of small businesses in, in the Greek con context. Small businesses, small and medium businesses, not just the small ones we're looking at, as well as households have been the major employer of uh, migrant labor. And that explains uh, partly uh, why uh, self-employment has not been that. There was a demand for them as played for migrants as uh, paid employees. I might take advantage uh, of uh, two or three <laughs> minutes uh, more just to uh, finish this point and come to the conclusion. Uh, so those businesses invested in labor interest in order to overcome their crisis uh, related to internationalization, a number of things that uh, uh, we can talk details later or some of you might be aware of. Uh, they took the, uh, well, they happened to um, some, many, considerable proportions, invested in labor-intensive activities uh, in, cheap and in the cheap and flexible work that migrants started off at mass in the beginning of the 90s. Uh, then when we look at uh, small, mostly commercial or service businesses in central Athens, 
this, this pressure seemed to um, increase or came back after this sort of extension of um, life in, in, uh, during the 90s with the first coming of uh, migrant labor. Uh, and the pressures uh, multiplied in the sense of, uh, um, just very briefly, of this distance between the local uh, and the supra-local with, uh, for example, uh, the small central uh, downtown businesses that uh, face the pressures of large uh, malls that uh, uh, open usually in groups. That, uh, that, that's the point in here. Uh, and also that in the context of crisis and austerity, there is uh, one can speak of a breakdown of a social contract between small business owners, often family ones, and, and the state, because uh, these are among those uh, primarily affected uh, uh, by, by austerity measures and by the market downturn uh, last. This is only to make to... Uh, this is obviously mostly context and uh, uh, what derives from informal chats or the, the interviews or the ethnographic bits of the parts of the, of the fieldwork. But basically this is to, um, in terms of the survey itself, this is to say that we see the importance of family-based networks, not for migrants only, but as a common feature of uh, native and migrant-owned businesses, which is not the case elsewhere in Europe, which contrasts what's often said in the literature. And that, I'm coming back to what I've told you earlier. So it's not just, it was not just theory, but it really um, combines conclusions with uh, the literature. Uh, while in the case of migrants, uh, of course, the, the, the ethnic, co-ethnic labor is also important. Uh, and also the role of informal work and unregistered activities, which we could not trace, for instance, because everyone in the stores we, uh, or we visited would uh, issue a receipt, which was uh, an issue uh, in um, tackling tax uh, evasion uh, lately in, uh, in Greece. But uh, on the other hand, it was obvious that some degree of informal economic arrangements uh, are in place, for instance, by uh, responding to the question, is there anybody working here? No, or just one. And there were five people unloading things uh, <laughs> just uh, behind. You know, this sort of uh, um, uh, dimension. We still, we, we, we'd like to question of what, what exactly informality is. I mean, and that relates again to a debate in the literature, whether it, it might be a choice uh, of, uh, of by necessity, a survival option, or imposed by the circumstances, or whether actually it's a way to make more money, which is also sometimes the case. Um, just conclude. Yeah, one I'm coming to the conclusion. The um, the latest things were examples of uh, how they experienced the crisis. So maybe I can uh, show you uh, later on some of these uh, slides. But basically. Uh, those, uh, those three layers of uh, interpreting uh, uh, in, in the light of the literature, the, the results and experience of this study, being a bit reflective here, uh, or reflexive, I should say, is th these elements of continuum change, I from the beginning told you that uh, were a concern, is that we encounter actually in, the, in, the, in how the uh, local uh, small businesses experienced the crisis, we encountered three crises, in quotation marks perhaps, that predated the current one, that crisis, but obviously now they take place and unfold within the dynamics of 
the current crisis. The the crisis, if we can name it uh, so, Greece's immigration crisis, an urban crisis unfolding in Athens in the last two or three decades, and the crisis of small uh, businesses, obviously uh, worsening uh, in in the context of crisis and austerity at present. Um, In respect to the question, again, uh, thrown earlier, uh, with respect to the the, the earlier West European experience and so on, is that we see the migrant entrepreneurial um, endeavors in uh, Greece not as a response to the crisis itself, although that might be the case in the future, we can't say, uh, but a continuation of combined uh, trends relating to uh, the process of settlement and incorporation, and the like, what you've seen in statistics or even in our survey that it's very recent just shows that. It doesn't show we think uh, that's that's a direct response to um, the current uh, circumstances. Um, That the the locality, space and place is important, it plays a role. Uh, It plays a role because it serves the needs of local communities and to the extent these communities are hit, for example, or return to the countries of origin, as the case with some uh, of uh, our uh, respondents, The survival of the businesses depends on that. Uh, I'm just um, closing here because there are several points to be made, but maybe some of this might come up out of your curiosity or criticism, which is mostly welcome uh, in the half an hour that follows. Okay, so thank you very much. Right, I think I would like to open it up for, for questions. I have my notes and I will feed in. <laughs> uh, um, you talked about space and place. Um, you didn't talk about time very much, but I was interested in the fact that you earlier done something in Thessalonica, but you didn't talk about Thessalonica here. Was this very different? from what you see in Thessalonica, and if it was very different, was it because somehow the migrants were different, or was it to do with the context, because I mean, I, the, the, the dots at the top mainly apply, I would have thought, to Thessalonica as well, the difference might be the timing, but is there some difference in that place as well? Uh, yes, the timing has been, um, um, has been a difference because of just to bring the, uh, an experience of doing the field work, actually, much of the um, the non-response rate had to do, in our understanding, with uh, with the people's uh, situation that they were struggling and meet most, not everybody, including n- native and uh, migrant-owned businesses, for instance. So that was an issue, and also some of the responses, uh, which you can see here in terms of narrative, but uh, there's some arise in terms of what are the main problems faced, uh, facing? It's not that visible, but I can just read them for you, uh, if you want. That was not an issue. I mean, the, the, some uh, some some of those issues might have uh, come. For instance, state bureaucracy, high taxation, would would come in the discussion in 2007 in Thessaloniki. But uh, the liquidity problems or the uh, or the drops, the overall drops in consumption, which are the main, the two first ones, uh, the main ones, 
were not that uh, that were not at all the case. I would say back then. Uh, the other issue that's different and is has to do with the with the specificities of uh, Athens, both in terms of its urban development uh, trends, uh, which is the second point and the second layer of interpretation of uh, of the data. Uh, but also in terms of its actual demographics, that is, uh, Athens is a much more diverse place, uh, and uh, in Thessaloniki it was hardly, um, back then at least, uh, uh, in particular, for example, when we're talking about, for example, African-owned stores, they were, at the time, we were told also by um, Nigerian mostly, um, migrants whom we used as sort of gatekeepers to uh, get access to the shops, that there were 10 shops in the entire city. So we have a completely different picture in Athens in terms of the diversity, variety, the different clusterings, uh, local concentrations, and, and also, I would say, the, the range of activities. Uh, so these do not relate. So one thing is time, the other thing is, you know, the specificities of Athens, or I would say, Maybe similar, um, we can think of London as different from a major, but not, uh, but more provincial city elsewhere in Britain, that is, Manchester, for instance. You wouldn't have the same kind of mix uh, that you'd have in London. So I would say that uh, it has to do with that. And the third issue had to do, again, relates to the space of Athens, but and to the timing uh, at the same time, because it has to do with all these negative discourses about migrants, urban decay, criminality, and so on, in certain parts of the center, which exceed those, uh, or go beyond those parts of the center where there might be problems. So, for instance, in, especially in Ambeloki, there is um, some interesting material which, of course, is not uh, shown there, because we had a question in the survey, and we were asking more the migrants in the interviews, uh, what do you think about the area? And there was some variation um, in the different areas, revealing the, the specificities of the of the neighborhoods of its neighborhood. For example, gentrification in Metaxurgio, rather than criminality or petty theft and drug dealing in Kipseli. But although these were not initially to some extent they they came up. And I think really that relates to a discourse that's been developed. Perhaps it started earlier, but it certainly took a nasty turn in the, in the years of the crisis mm -hmm. and relates to uh, its implications. Uh, Kevin? I think that conceptually, one of the important themes is the similarity or dissimilarity between the um, migrant entrepreneurship and the native entrepreneurship. And I just wonder on the basis of what you were saying at the very beginning of the talk, uh, I wasn't quite clear whether you were finding a greater divergence or a greater similarity in the Greek case than would be in the literature internationally. Well, considering that the, the, the literature internationally, or at least mostly concerning the North American and West European experiences, uh, so uh, that's not always the case. That is in every European country, for instance, but generally speaking, uh, rates of self-employment are often uh, more pronounced in, uh, um, among uh, migrant or ethnic minority groups. Uh, and also there are particular types of businesses those run. Informal economic activities are more common. Um, family businesses are more widespread and, and so on. You know, so there's not great similarity in the Greek case. Exactly. That's, that's the difference. Of course, that does not imply that uh, 
what we call the SMEs, the small and medium scale enterprises, are those local family uh, owned uh, businesses we looked at. Yeah? Because that's that mostly commercial or uh, small uh, service, uh, like plumping services, you know, this sort of thick uh, things, or electricity service, this, this sort of things, or restaurants perhaps, this type of things. But in that respect, and as far as uh, the um, you know, to, to the extent that the study um, was a bit objective, that although the neighborhoods were pre-selected, so we select neighborhoods where we could see some presence of modern businesses, uh, we found to, that they some, they shared some common characteristics with their neighboring neighboring uh, Greek-owned businesses. Uh, also, developed this part of the argument that is, we we saw the criticism to ethnicity or ethnic entrepreneurship in, in uh, part of the European literature, mostly coming from work of, in the work of Pecoud in, uh, in France. Uh, but we actually saw it on the field, so we developed that way to, to, to interpret our data and linked it to that um, point by Pecoud in the literature, only after we've done the work, if you know what I mean. Uh, really, it's, uh, it was in terms at least of uh, some, some key characteristics, we found uh, we found more similarities uh, than we thought, and certainly that's something of I'm not I wouldn't say exceptionality, but certainly peculiarity, because you might have similar um, trends in other. I mean, the Greek case is often compared to both in terms of migration, but also in, in terms of labor market structures to Portugal or uh, or Spain to some in some respect. So uh, Portugal in particular as far as the rate of self-employment, for instance. So you might uh, have similar uh, similar uh, issues there with uh, comparing uh, migrant native-owned uh, businesses, I would say, but this is remains the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we continue on the same theme. Uh, I remember a study uh, many years ago by who explained the um, unusually high number of shops in, in Athens um, to the theory of network that is every shop has its own kind of extended family friends who shop for a particular shop in respective price in the center. And that that was giving some resilience to the shop in the sense that they were immune from what was happening to the wider economic environment or even the competition. Uh, and there's another piece of, of, of research that I have in mind, which I cannot remember because it's not my area, which showed that immigrant um, restaurants in New York have a lower survival rate uh, than, sorry, higher survival rate than um, sort of native ones. That's a piece of, you can, you can, you can, you can find it, I was working once okay. on the survival rates of companies, and this differentiation came. And of course it makes sense because of restaurants, as you said, and other, other uh, activities uh, depend on the custom of migrants as Locals, and that's a more stable and space. Now, I didn't catch because of the um, which are the areas in which these businesses concentrate, but I would like to uh, 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 see whether 
as it is research, you have some results that would be interesting because you should not concentrate. One would be uh, this, the, the resilience of the migrant uh, um, say businesses as the great the native ones, uh, uh, especially taking into account the fact that work and residence coincide in the case of the rehire uh, extent. Uh, uh, and, and then uh, whether you have any anecdotal evidence, whether the surviving rate is different, because you have only dealt with survived companies, so there is here a, 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 a selectivity kind of problem. But I think that these two issues would, would shed some light as to how companies cope with the crisis, but also the, uh, you know, the future. Uh, they're both very interesting points. I think I have in mind that study of Janos. Uh, 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 is it 2006? Uh, uh, before, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have in mind something in 2006. I think it was more than 10 years. Um, the thing is that the, 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 the time period of the study was um, such that we could not uh, have a uh, follow-up, and obviously the sample is not that big, uh, generally speaking, but in terms of anecdotal evidence and a sense that you develop uh, during the fieldwork, and I would include there, because I happen to live in Andalokipi, and that was what I mentioned earlier, that personal experience also uh, inspired uh, this work, uh, that uh, at least two of, uh, of the people we interviewed uh, have closed down uh, their their businesses, uh, both migrants. Uh, and also during the field work, it was not only the response rate, but in some of those uh, bits or specific streets of those areas, uh, you could really see the, I mean, I'm saying door to door, but uh, uh, you might have had uh, two shops that were closed or went bankrupt. So we, and in some uh, of those cases, you could see an, a quite uh, evident um, um, migrant uh, previous ownership. So again, this does not uh, this does not have allow uh, does not allow us to to see you know how how actually what's the survival rate or the resilience in the years of the crisis, but definitely suggests that uh, there are shutdowns as well as new openings, which is the thing we mostly captured. Um, and I think also reflect the official statistics. And, uh, but at the same time, the, a sense also by uh, speaking with people even um, beyond the, what we formally uh, did in terms of like interviews and the questionnaire itself. Uh, but informal chats we held with uh, both migrants or, uh, or Greeks or even uh, business owners, that is, that is, is, especially in some areas, a high turnaround, I should say, or turnover, I'm not sure of the, of the exact word in English, that is, they, they open, uh, they don't go well, uh, they close, they have a very short, uh, not, but this is not a point to be made generally, a general, a general point to be made, but definitely it concerns uh, undefined or unable to specify by this, this study, proportion of migrant-owned businesses as, as compared to, to the Greek ones. Uh, and then you have to look at uh, variations depending either on the type of activities and uh, or the, the the specific location for instance what you mentioned about uh, 
migrant or ethnic restaurants in uh, New York City, the, not just restaurants, but uh, restaurants, cafes, but also uh, a tailor in, uh, in the area of Metaxuria, which is a gentrified area, at least a part of it, uh, were actually going well in the years of the crisis because the, the gentrification take place uh, lately. So nightlife spot becomes with restaurants of many kinds. And so the restaurants of migrants had uh, owned by migrants just expanded their clientele to Greek customers, which was not the case in the past, for instance. Uh, another interesting issue about that uh, particular area was uh, the, 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 I mentioned the concentration of Chinese uh, stores. Now, the Chinese stores, we were told that uh, we can't have official data on, uh, on, uh, um, on, on that. I mean, we, we didn't see in official data a decline, but uh, the, the key informant we spoke to from the community newspaper, also based in the area, Chinese community newspaper, was that they sort of estimate that half of the stores have closed and more or less half of the, I mean, compared to the pre-2009, uh, and which directly relates to, to the crisis and to the fact that the Chinese were mostly kind of sojourners uh, as the, the type of business they developed. They were selling cheap uh, clothing mostly and since they saw that, you know, that has been a highly competitive market because uh, um, many were clustered there, so some may decide to go. But this provoked a clustering of uh, Greek uh, manufactured uh, clothes or clothes manufactured in other Balkan countries but owned by Greek companies, so, um, which is quite interesting. So it's really difficult to speak. That's perhaps one of the few cases where this local dimension is not the case because we're talking about uh, wholesaling, so it's rather supra-local in terms of the rich, uh, the customer uh, base. But uh, it's really, yeah, that what we observed is... Uh, Basically, we looked at, we mostly captured um, startups, but uh, we, we saw many closing downs. Uh, and we also sensed uh, a high turn, uh, turn. turnover, a limited, uh, that is, uh, life cycle of uh, some of those businesses to some extent, as far as uh, um, what may be based on this study of some of cases we encountered that actually closed afterwards, uh, or in the course of the study even itself, was uh, more related to the, uh, but these are cases again, examples, not, uh, not statistically uh, relevant at large. Uh, but for example, limited information about uh, procedures. Uh, there was, uh, for instance, somebody who had bought the business uh, by Kuwaitic, uh, an Egyptian, uh, it was uh, um, internet um, um, and cafe and calls, call center, this type very common uh, among migrant businesses everywhere. And, uh, and actually the, he, he had limited knowledge of the, of the formal procedures, so he happened to not to have uh, been registered with the chambers or something, so which, which again reveals uh, some problems with what is the kind of statistics we have available including the nationality or foreign-born, but also who is registered in those statistics. Uh, 
but he had to, to close, he was imposed a fine and he actually took the decision to go back to, 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 to Egypt. Uh, in another case though, the one that I mentioned earlier that sat down, it was clearly the downturn in the construction sector because uh, this person also Egyptian was selling uh, um, um, like materials like uh, paintings uh, and uh, things like that so it was affected uh, like that As, and similarly were affected similar uh, businesses owned by Greece because of downturn in the construction sector at large so the study has not allowed for, for us to, to make general conclusions, but there are some indications of uh, different uh, trends. I want to fit in my question as well. <laughs> okay. Yes, go ahead. Um, there's something that observed that migrant communities are more entrepreneurial than the uh, native communities. And it's also, which is what you seem to show here, and uh, it's also observed that small businesses or SMEs are sort of the uh, key generator of uh, jobs, new jobs and market economies. And so putting these two together, you'd you think that the migrant ethnic businesses would be good news for Greek economy in terms of creating jobs. And from what I understood from your, one of your slides, it seemed that the ethnic businesses in your sample were employing significantly more people than the, the Greek businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So that seems to tie in with that story. Um, but I can think of three reasons why they may be employing more people. One may be that they are indeed more entrepreneurial and successful and therefore they're growing faster and they've got employing more people. Um, but also two other possible explanations. One is that um, they're just, they're no more efficient than native uh, entrepreneurs, but they have less access to capital um, because they're less well connected to the local community or whatever. So they're substituting labor for capital, they're employing more people, but they're not producing more output. Uh, and then the third possibility is that they're working in different sectors, in more labor intensive sectors, so it's just a, a sexual thing. Um, and, uh, and uh, again, they wouldn't be necessarily any more efficient than the natives. So, you know, do you have any insight into which of those explanations for this high employment is? Is it because they're doing better or just because they're working in a different way? Well, I, I think that at least as far as some, some specific um, groups are concerned locally, the um, the, uh, the business owner, the interpreter, is also a community benefactor to some respect. That wouldn't be as general as to include uh, everyone there, but for instance, uh, um, was observed uh, within, for example, the Pakistanis in Ipseli, who, who actually are considerable, considering that the sample was small, uh, actually the, the, the most numerous sort of single group that uh, we've uh, See, I'm just showing the origins of uh, people. Uh, uh, so, to s but this won't apply to to everyone, uh, uh, to every case. So, I'm, I would be, um, I would say that, well, as in terms of generating employment. Uh, 
formal employment en masse, I don't think that's the case. Or there is no such indication coming from, uh, from this work. In terms, though, of providing means of survival to an extended family or to uh, members of the community, that is, uh, I would say, yes, that, that is the case. And obviously that is a positive uh, thing uh, in these days in the sense that uh, uh, many migrants, especially males who use in construction and so on, are left... Uh, unemployed, so small uh, helping out activities, even informally, might generate uh, an income which is crucial for uh, uh, survival. But I think that one of the problems that uh, are out of the picture that you described uh, of the three possibilities uh, is that uh, the, our sense was that the legal framework is really problematic in the sense that uh, this dual burden meant to say that uh, People may lose their status, uh, so become illegal, that is, uh, because they um, are not able to um, cover for their social security contributions, because residence is attached, in, still legally speaking. If one has not yet managed to get a long-term status, which is increasing, residence is attached to uh, formal employment. Even those in businesses, that is, if they have, uh, for example, one of the, uh, the, the problems they were facing were that they were not able, as well as uh, Greek uh, businessmen, were not able to, to pay for their self-employed uh, social security co contributions to OIA. Uh, so uh, not being able to pay, they, they wouldn't be for uh, a period that exceeds uh, half a year perhaps, they wouldn't be able to renew their stay permits. And of course now they might be subject to fines, which is a different story and applies to Greek as well. So I think this dimension, the institutional that is dimension, uh, is crucial and it's missing out of, uh, I mean it distorts really the picture. Because uh, you can't say what market-wise would, would happen, or at least you can only um, indicate some trends. Uh, and certainly for some of those businesses uh, substituting capital with labor would be the case, but we are talking about, uh, apart from some really um, uh, limited examples, we are talking mostly about uh, labor-intensive and basic labor-intensive, because we are not talking about productive uh, firms, we are talking about uh, mostly commercial or uh, small, small service type of activities. Uh, so I think it's an interesting point, but I'm not sure what to respond. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's leave it there. I think I'm losing my right to ask a question, and Dimitris uh, will ask the last question. I think we're running out of time, so... Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I wanted to ask you whether there were any uh, instances during your ethnographic filter in which you came across cases of uh, immigrants who had successfully managed to adjust to the situations to the new conditions that have been created over the last few years and if so what were the tactics what were the strategies they employed in order to I mean I'm just asking for some ethnographic gossip here but yeah. do you have any interesting stories I mean because it, it seems from what you have described so far that uh, more or less your informants seem to follow a general trend of sticking to a service economy and failing to adjust 
to, to be creative, to be innovative, and, and like, think of the different, of their businesses in a different way. Uh, yes, we have countered. Uh, they were not probably the majority, and but obviously this was we're talking about our ethnographic, what the sense we developed during the ethnographic bit of it, <coughs> reflect a little bit in the, in the quantitative data in the sense, for instance, that we're surprised as to the question, how did you respond to the problems that you're facing uh, in your business? Uh, it was more uh, migrants than uh, natives who said, we built a website, or, you know, things like that. There are other aspects which are not perhaps so nice, like stretching the working days or the working weeks, uh, for example, working on Sundays, which is not, I mean, now perhaps it's coming through, but uh, it's, no, it, it's, it's not legally um, allowed in the Greek uh, context so far, until recently at least, and things like that. But I'll give you some ethnographic examples of uh, people kind of um, adopting somehow to the situation. Uh, the, the last uh, shorter quote comes from... Uh, a person from Sri Lanka who has a food store in an area where, uh, due to a high concentration of uh, Filipinos, so there is a market uh, for, uh, for Asian food, uh, it's quite saturated in terms of uh, competition. There are in a limited um, territory, there is quite plenty, plenty of uh, Asian foods, small Asian food stores uh, selling noodles and uh, this type of things. Uh, so uh, this guy happened to have networks in elsewhere in uh, uh, in Europe, uh, mostly uh, a cousin he referred to, but uh, uh, so he imports from there. So he doesn't buy from the uh, the local uh, wholesale suppliers in Athens, that is, uh, because he, he it's cheaper for him to to have, including the transportation. Uh, it's uh, cheaper for him and. He said that he developed uh, this, I mean, before he was combining, but now he uh, relies on, uh, on uh, his cousin in Germany. Um, the first example is a quote from the example I, I referred to before. Uh, this guy, though, ha happened to, to be located in, in that area that although working class had already started uh, being gentrified. So this guy is a tailor. Uh, so he has a new clientele, uh, on the one hand, that is uh, more uh, hipster or so, so specific tasks perhaps for him to, to sue, but at the same time, uh, the, the crisis, uh, I mean, his, his explanation of it is that he has uh, worked because people are repairing more <laughs> than uh, buying that frequently. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, but these are very specific examples, of course. Another example, uh, which actually um, is the second quote over there to the to the uh, left, and it's the case of uh, an Egyptian who, together with a Greek partner, moved actually from an area where his primary customers, in, uh, well, it's Caminia uh, in Piraeus in. A working class uh, harbor kind of uh, area where his primary customers were uh, Egyptians working uh, mostly as fishermen or in uh, uh, this type or um, sea related uh, uh, jobs. Uh, he decided to move to um, Ambelokipi in order to, to catch a different sort of clientele, also of, uh, either of Arabic origin but more middle class, so to speak, because the Libyan embassy is closed. The rents are more affordable now, right? 
rents are more affordable now. Certainly, but still it would be more expensive than mobility. Definitely. And, and that perhaps uh, came up in a sense, but also there is a greater uh, negotiating capacity for uh, at least outside the center for us to, to reduce their rents uh, in order to stay in the same venue. Because I don't think mobility is, is uh, generally speaking, is that much of a choice in the sense that you have a clientele and a customer yeah. local base for this sort of business at least. But this guy decided to um, target a different clientele, a, a bit more well-off, from within the community and also from uh, the Egyptians, the, the, the Greeks originating from Alexandria and so on, who happen to live, uh, uh, well, there are some concentrations in Psychico in the north of suburbs. Um, okay, I'm afraid we have to leave it there. I know there's a couple more uh, questions, but we're out of time. Uh, please join me in thanking panels for the presentation. Thank you.